Hi, I'm Alan Fleming, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview And we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold Your East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. And it's just the three of us this week. It's been a few weeks since our last confession stroke podcast that seemed to annoy a lot of people. But we're back and it's it's been an interesting time. We'll get into a lot of the football chat shortly. Just the three of us, uh, as I've mentioned, don't have Aaron on the show this week, but Let's start off by saying, after all the sense he talked on the last show, promoted to under-20 head coach, <laughs> the power that we have here at Glory Days Ago. <laughs> and it was only after Doug and I turned it down. Um, True. But fair enough, um, no, Aaron, like I say, I've, I've known Aaron for a long time. I've never met anybody more passionate about the game um, and has obviously been a, a coach at various places as well. Thoroughly deserves this opportunity and hope some East Fife fans will get down on a Friday night to support him. He's got off to a, a decent start with the team as well and yeah, wish Aaron all the very best. It might curtail how often he can come on the show for obvious reasons, but I mean, we are, if you think about it, if you think of all these other podcasts, especially the lower league ones, we are a star-studded podcast. We've got Aaron, under-20 head coach at East Fife, Lee, Commercial director at East Fife, yeah. Doug, caddy to the stars and international rock sensation. Oh Christ, I wouldn't go that far. Well, I've I've played you on the radio over here, so that makes you international. And <laughs> love the new version that you've got of Stay, your Christmas release. Uh, yeah, well, thank you. Uh, I definitely wouldn't say it's a Christmas release. The amount of people that message me saying the song's really lovely, but the video is a bit weird. I'm like, it's meant to be weird. It's a piss take. <laughs> like, like they've always thought we've done that like totally seriously. No, is it's it on better, Facebook it, or something? Because I've not seen it. Oh, you know. Oh, you have to. We could we could put the link out after. Um, it's yeah, it's just a kind of spoof of V17's video. Which um, one of you is going to run over his own foot with his car? Who was that? It was one of one of the E17 guys. He'd left his car on, and then he went behind it, and it moved and ran over his foot. Well, I when E17 first came out, uh, they did like a weird school tour where they visited like a few high schools 
and did like a lunchtime gig, basically. So they came to Buckhind High School, and their wee their wee tour van thing they had, yeah, the tires all got slashed. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I could imagine really. that. So they had to stay another day. So, so hey, yeah. hey. oh, good. we're back. <laughs> Welcome back, Lee. Yeah, yeah sorry everyone. But yeah, see, star-studded there. Myself, obviously, podcaster, commentator, extraordinaire. And we've also got Gordon. He's on the show sometimes. Yeah, um, and he's technically in Uruguay, so international porn yeah. I think international man of mystery. He's like Austin Powers. What? Why is he only technically in Uruguay? <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. Actual, <laughs> actually, factually, in Uruguay. Yeah, that's fair. He is in Uruguay, right, okay. Which is also why he's not on the show, because time differences and all that malarkey. But we, we've got a lot of football to talk about, and we'll be back doing just that after we hear from this episode's sponsor. Mays Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our client with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. So thanks as always to May's Mortgages for their continued support of the podcast. They support us. They support East Fife. Go and support them for all your mortgage needs. Ah, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. Indeed. I'm trying to work out if Lee is wearing a Christmas top or if it's just a kind of checkered plaid, I'm a Kurt Cobain hipster kind of thing. No, it is actually neither. My daughter insisted that we got into our pyjamas to watch Home Alone 2 for the run-up to Christmas. I'm currently in tartan pyjamas. Looking almost a bit like a short red box. I just couldn't be asked to get changed into something else. That's fair. And Doug, you are resplendent in one of the new East Five hoodies. Good to see they do them in your size. I know. I was amazed that they had stitched a couple together. Um, it was the one that didn't quite fit Scott. Um, he chucked <laughs> it through the window when he was out of his blood. <laughs> uh, no, very, very nice. Pleased with it. Um, I was helping my good mate was moving jobs yeah long story short and i had my east fife tracky bottoms on and then i put this on without thinking and i wondered about helping him move stuff in bands, <laughs> and i'm like i am actually wearing an east fife hoodie and east fife, like like a total loser so not really so, full, full kit, kit wanker, wanker. yeah but... <laughs> yeah like almost worse than a full kit wanker that mm. remember me Folk oh, could be driving by going, oh, these five players have fallen on hard times. Has have the club. Look who's playing for them. But the 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 generally the quality of it's very good. Um so fair play to it or them. So yeah, buy one. Thank you. Yeah. We we like to paint the picture for the, the folk listening. I'm wearing my Ryan Gold working class MVP hat that the White Caps gave to media to try and sway the vote to get him as MLS MVP. Even I didn't vote for him. Who did you vote for? Uh, Lucho Acosta. He oh, won it. Oh, how am I? FC yeah. Cincinnati. Argentine. Fantastic little player. Just trust me on that. Uh, and I'm wearing my Chesham United away kit. It's sponsored by Taskmaster. I was trying to get Alex Horn to come on the show so we could do a little 
fun Christmas thing, but he he didn't really want to. Uh, and we didn't reply. He didn't say no. That'll be the highlight. Thought. If we do a Christmas show, the highlight will be me opening all the emails or non-emails from people to see if they've replied yes or not. I don't think that we're ever going to beat Bill Murray, so I think we might just have to stop. Yeah. yeah I take it you didn't do that tournament this year, Doug. Yeah, I was. We had a tournament in Hong Kong at the same time. Ah, because we didn't get any famous folk doing bumpers. Yeah, so I, I passed them off to me, and hopefully I'll be able to do it next year, but we shall see. If he's still alive, who knows? Yeah. Well, we're going to talk football, and since the last show, East Fife, they've won a game, a big win. They've also lost twice. Once to Steny, once to the Frost. Yes. All weather pitches are fantastic. As long as the machinery doesn't break down to get the ice off it. Yes, very much. Which is, it was tough going because I know there was a lot of hospitality sold for that Spartans game and there was a lot of folk coming through from Spartans and I don't know if any of you saw this. I, I tweeted it out on my Canadian Twitter. I'll just pull it up just now just it's related to to what i've just mentioned there this is great for all the listeners as i pull this up obviously not as prepared as i thought here we go um a guy stephen cleave who is the he's the owner of banbury united a non-league team so He's, he basically put a tweet out saying, it was a rotten first half, I can't explain that, I know Adam and Sam will sort it out, if you want, if, if, I just realised he doesn't make sense in a sentence, but basically what he's saying is, if you want to keep £18 in your pocket, rather than support the club, I understand your feelings, but please don't complain if one day there is no club left to support, which, when I'd read that, can I obviously, at that. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was thinking, oh, eighteen pounds, same as us. But the interesting thing was he attached uh, a type up of Banbury's for that week, their income and expenses. So from the game, they took five and a half thousand, and their outgoings for the game were two thousand, which gave them a profit of three and a half. But their next game was a trip to Southport, where they had to stay overnight because it was midweek. And that was going to cost four and a half thousand. So in the week, the club lost eight hundred and eighty-eight pounds, but that didn't include hospitality income or stadium and running expenses. And it it did get me thinking, like when you see stuff broken down like that, just how tight the finances are for these small teams like ourselves. I don't think people actually have any idea, um, and. As I'm not saying that with, with privy information or, or anything like that, but I mean, you've got to remember, like, the whites are on at Bayview seven days a week, mm. you know, with the community club and, and stuff like that um, training there. I assume they'll pay something towards it, but I don't know how much. But I mean, that's a, a lot of, of running costs, particularly with the cost of energy still being quite high. You then got to try and stay competitive in the league. So you, you try to play players' wages, you've got everything from a physio, a doctor. First team manager, coach, you know, goalie coach, your squad, then have, you know, bar staff to pay, security to, to, to pay, 
reception staff like to pay and stuff as well. And I think I think people just think that it's just the the, the sort of squad of eighteen or whatever it is that you want to pay, but it's quite quite a lot. And you know, especially if the the hospitality, which obviously has been a lot quieter this season, isn't isn't busy, then that's a, a big chunk of money um, for the club that's that's not happening. So. I mean, you get games off as well. It it, it hits because you've budgeted for that. Yeah. Because it's like one of the things I thought about Doug after the the last show because I was thinking we're we being a bit harsh in some areas, and I I don't think we were in a lot of them. I I do want to say because we've had a little bit of feedback. There were some folk at the community club that I think took what we said the wrong way. We were saying what a bright light the community club was, and we we're it. When we were talking about the under twenties and the pathway, it was more uh, we were criticising East Fife's aspect to that, and maybe not liaising enough with the the U twenties in the community club and having a pathway. And hopefully, we are in there now. Things will be a lot better in that regard. So I think some of them maybe took that the the wrong way. Yeah. But I was thinking about the strip tobacco, Doug, and I was thinking, you know what, East Fife couldn't really afford to give money back to fans for that for the simple fact that that's going to have been some of their cash in and out, that if they were like, okay, we have to cancel all these orders, we've just lost a big chunk of our money that we've taken in. Yeah, I think with a strip, although it was a bit shit, I don't think anyone, well, I certainly wasn't going, well, I demand money back. I'd be amazed if many people I don't think anyone did. But but no, like when they, I was meaning like when they saw the prototype, if they were like, yeah, this isn't what we wanted. Let's just scrap it. To scrap it, yeah. they had to have given everyone their money back and it would have just been a big financial loss for the club. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I don't think anyone's, you know, wanting to do anything that would jeopardise anything club-wise anyway. I mean, with no. regards to the community club, absolutely that's been taken the wrong way. It was not... The the, the Monday, you know, as Lee said, you know, lights being on every single day, it's unbelievable what they're doing down there. Like, mm-hmm. genuinely unbelievable. It's been it's been um, the shining light of the community. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean, actually, literally, the lights from Bayview, if I don't close my blinds right, actually come in. It's a bit annoying, you know, especially if I'm trying to have an early night. So maybe mm. the community club should be doing worse so I can get a better sleep. Sometimes I see the lights or what I think is the lights, but it turns out it's just to pitch up the road from me. But I like to imagine it's Bayview. Yeah. I look, I, I think doing this podcast, you're going to piss people off. Uh, I'm I'm certainly not saying anything just to be annoying. I'm just saying what I think, and if people get upset by that, that's fine. The certainly the thing with the community club was 100% not aimed at what they do in general because it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, just to I mean, I just, the one thing that I did agree, disagree with the last time was that the, the pathway from the 20s, because and I've said this to you guys in our group mm-hmm. chat as well. Like, it's actually been successful when you look at it, and in, in, in comparison to a lot of clubs. I mean, if you think we've had Liam Newton, Brogan Walsh, Jack Healy, you've got Murray um, that's that's come through now. Brendan Ramsey's just been promoted. Matty Rolo's just been promoted. That's all through our academy. Now, granted, these boys are still really young. I don't even think Matty Rolo's 19 yet. You know, Charlie Murray's, um, I don't even think, 20 yet. You know, Brogan Walsh, um, Jack Healy only turned 22 the other day and he's played regularly. I, I thought he was actually younger than that, so I was quite surprised yeah. when I saw he was 22. Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, like I say, I, I wasn't on that show, um, and and certainly my feelings are that it's it's, it's going quite well. We, we only need, you know, one of these players to sell for a decent amount of money, 
and you know, as as then it's it's, it's paying dividends. Um, I, but I think I think my only thing. Yeah, look, I, everyone loves the fact that we've got local guys playing for the club. It's brilliant. Um, I, I said to you in the group trying to stand by it. It's it's three. It's Newton, Walls, and Healy. You know, the others have played probably a total of max five ten minutes each. So, for me, that's not making it in the first team. It's currently filling spaces that are required in the squad and when we've been 4 and up in games they've come on so I, I hope they do and I've heard good things and I thought I actually thought Ramsey looked good when he came on even in that little cameo mm. um, my only worry this season would be of the three that we've promoted apart from Brogan to an extent although he hadn't had a great season until recently kind of going backwards for me yeah they haven't pushed on I don't think we've developed them as much as maybe we thought we would because I think even even the fact that Newton started left back, and I think we all agreed with a bit of work he could, you know, become quite a decent left back. He's athletic, tall, but that's not really happened. And, you know, obviously just not playing well enough. Jack will be the first to admit he's not had a good season at all. Like, and especially had a lot of interest in him in the summer, I believe, um, and stayed. So that's been disappointing. And obviously, yeah, Brogan's coming on the game now, but he wasn't great for the start of the season. So that, that would be my slight concern with that. But, but no, look, three is better than nothing, obviously. Oh, yeah. I was maybe a, a bit harsh on that. I will say that. I stand by my comments on all the other stuff there. But going back to that tweet from the Banbury owner about if you don't put your hands in your pocket, the club might not exist. And that is the case with East Fife, and we have relied on that for a long time. And one of the things that we've talked about a lot in this show is trying to get the younger generation to come through and support the club. And with what the community club do, they're doing that. We were just talking before we recorded, Lee, you were mentioning you've never seen so many kids running about in these five strips, especially in Glenrothes area. Yeah, I mean, like it was maybe two or three weeks ago, I was in the Theatre of Dreams, also known as the, the Kingdom Shopping Centre in Glenrothes, and I, I went past like two or three different families and like the kids are running about with community club stuff on. So it's great. And I think that that's where like we're losing the sight of it. Like, don't get me wrong, like, you know, say there's 600 kids there, the, the percentage of them that will make it through to the first team is minimal. However, what they're getting from a young age is an affiliation with the club. Mm -hmm. And we desperately need that. And I mean, look, we have needed that for so long yeah, and we've just and not had it. To put it on a slightly morbid note, I mean, I thought last year was bad for the amount of minute silences we've had. This year has been... That's what I was going to bring it around to, because I was going to say, we've spoken so much about we're losing a lot of the older fans. And this yeah. year, it's like, I was just saying to Caitlin, after we'd read about Podge, it's like, there's another one. And it's yeah. like, we'll, we'll talk a little bit just now about Podge, and we'll talk about John Barclay, but we'll start with Podge, a well-known fan I don't even know what his real name was. I've just always known him as Podge. Yeah. But you know who yeah. he is, and he knew everyone, and he was just such a character. Yeah. Just never heard anyone that could speak as quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that I remember from a young age, like, there being a poem about his Fife, and it was the man who pulls his socks up when he swears. Because yes. Because he literally, he literally did that, you know, every time. It was always uh, opposition fans... Always at referees, you'd hear blah blah blah, fucking referee, be god. Um, and, and that's you know, and you know, it, it was synonymous with his fife. And I think that the expression that I used on our Twitter feed was stalwart, yes. And you know, home and away every week, 
without fail. I mean, and I did, um, I did often um, wonder, you know, where he was this season because my side of the stadium was just a little bit quieter. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those ones where it's an another, you know, lifelong devoted East Fife fan that we've lost in the last three months. You know, we've lost Rab Waddle, um, John Blackley. Uh, what was that, sorry? Eric Walker as well. Eric, Eric Walker. Um, it, it just seems to be one after the other just now, and it's it's devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's no other word for it. You I mean, it's, it's devastating, and obviously our thoughts go out to, to Podge's family and friends. I mean, we we used to call we used to call him the heebie-jeebie man when I was younger. Me and my mates, just because he spoke so quickly yeah. and gen, genuine. Look, I would say in the main incoherent, really. I mean, you couldn't just yeah. annoy as you say, referee linesman. Uh, my, I think my story of him would be an away game at Arbroath. He must have. I think he broke down on the way home in the car, and he was as we passed. He was out remonstrating to his car about what's happened in exactly the same way he would do. Remonstrate, like arms were going, and you could, you could. We were laughing. We probably should have stopped in hindsight, but we were laughing at the, <laughs> at the just exactly how he was, you know, almost to the point like faulty towers hitting it with a branch. It was, <laughs> it was really funny. It's so exactly as he was on the terrace to what he was at his car that day. I can't remember who it was. But he he crashed into somebody. I want to think it was maybe Ian Matthew. I could be wrong. Ian, if you're listening, um, keep me right. But he crashed into somebody and he was expected to get out and podge to be livid and start shouting. And he said he was the calmest man ever. Like everything. Uh, uh, was it Stuart Kirkcaldy? I can't remember for the life of me who it was. But uh, apparently he got out and he was, he was the calmest man ever. And look, you know, I think that the main thing is, is, you know, for for all the cult heroes, um, you know that we've had at Bayview, he's got to be up there. Oh yeah, you yeah, know. him, Jim Doll, those kind of guys, and it's like yeah. it's those distinctive voices that you take it as just part of the experience at Bayview, and it's yeah. then when they're not there, you notice it. Yeah, I think as well for for fans in general. You don't often know the names of these people, you know, but but you can. There's something about them that makes you go, yeah, you know, like like us calling them the heebie-jeebie man. It's that kind of, you know, you've almost got a wee name for three or four people, but you actually don't know them that well. But just you've seen them for, you know, thirty years of your life, and it's uh, it is it's that it's that problem with a sort of aging um, fan base that it's it's going to happen more and more, obviously. Yeah. yeah, and of course the other big news this week, which I think shocked everyone just by the suddenness of it, Vice Chairman John Barclay sadly and unexpectedly passed away and I mean, everyone at the club knew John, everyone's known him for years, another lifelong fan and Lee obviously, we work on the commercial side, you've had a lot of dealings with him of late as well. It, I think that this one just really, really shocked folk. This one hurt. Um, it hurt. Um, and I think, I mean, I literally spoke to him a week ago. 
I literally spoke to him on Saturday. Um, I introduced him to my friend. He came up from England um, to to watch the game, and um, he was coughing his guts up. You know, he he really was coughing a lot. Um, and I said to him, "Oh, John, you know, you've got that cough. That'll be you cutting back on the cigars." He's like, "Aye, I went for twenty to nineteen or, or something like that," <laughs> um, and and just met it with an instant joke that the same way as he always would. Um, anytime you see him, you know, you never got him any other way. Um, and yeah, I was I was really saddened to to hear the the news last week. I mean, he's a guy, dog. He could be prickly, um, but he always had his fife at heart and just worked so hard and tirelessly to to help the club stay afloat. Really, yeah. Look at that. That's it for me. It's. I was kind of thinking back to our last pod and, you know, sometimes when you say things about, you know, the way clubs go or whatever, like always to make it clear that it's never a personal thing. Like it's mm. not, a, you know, you're not aiming at. so Because the time and energy and work that these people are putting in and, you know, John especially, like is, I, I couldn't do it. I, I don't know if 100% would want to do it. You know what I mean? But these people, it's... It's constant, and yeah, again, it's a face that you just saw around for years, and yeah, the amount of time and effort he put in, you know, in what's probably a very thankless task at times was incredible. And it just, yeah, it just probably makes everyone else's job there a lot harder for mm. to try and sort of fill his shoes, I would guess. But yeah, really, really sad one. It, it's, it's one of those nature things but with football it's like if you're working in football if you're in the game and like lee you'll have had it in your role now and scott as well it's like sometimes you feel it's thankless because you're knocking your pan out and then you've got folk like us criticizing you and saying why don't you do this or that's not good or that's crap or you could do this better and it's like if it if everyone just walked away on the criticism no one would run clubs like ours no one no one would be involved in the game yeah um look it's my match day experience is not what it used to be um you know as there's always and it's, it's not a, a moan you know there's always somebody want to speak to you about something or give you feedback on something or you know you've, you've launched something and somebody doesn't like it or whatever you know um which is fine you know it's, it's perfect you're perfectly aware that when you do a role like this that it's yeah. going to come under criticism but I think for us, you know, like Scott and I, we're not, not taking any money out of the club um, to do it. None of the directors are taking any money out of the club. In fact, you know, I'm sure the directors are, are having to put money in. Um, I don't know that matter-of-factly, but I would imagine so. And, you know, it's, it's these guys are doing the best they can do for, for the love of the club. Um, you know, I don't always agree with everything that happens and I haven't always agreed with the things that happen at the club, but... You know, like I've said a million times, you know, these are guys that have East Fife at the heart of what they do. Um, and, you know, we lost David Stevenson earlier on this year. Yeah. Lost David, Dave Marshall in recent years, John Barkley in recent years. You know, these guys aren't going to live forever. And I just kind of, sometimes when I'm on social media and I see things that are, are very personal towards the board, I'm a bit like, you no, know, I get, I get the frustrations um, but remember, these are, are people too, right? Yeah. So, RIP Podge, RIP John, two 
very big halls will be left in the, the East Fife stands and the terracing at East Fife Games and our thoughts go to all of their family and, and friends. And there's no easy way to transition out of that, but we're going to turn our attention to the, the on-pitch stuff now. As we mentioned, there's been the two games that have been played and we won't go too much into both of them and do our full analysis and stuff, but we'll certainly chat about both of them. Last week, we spoke about what a huge game this Elgin City game was, and uh, I think every fan knew if we don't win that, we are in a lot of trouble at the bottom, battling to, to basically stay in the league, but came away with a 4-0 win, and that on the back of defeating Clyde 4-0 just a, a few weeks previous to that. So my first question to you, Lee, mm-hmm. can we only beat Pish? No, we could only win 4-0. Ah, um, we, also we should try and do that more Bar-Bar. often. <laughs> oh, we yeah. only win 4-0, we only win 4-0. I hope um, you've been singing that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, look at you can only look at the facts, right? We've only yeah. beaten teams below us. Um, you know, Elgin, Stranraer, although Stranraer are technically above us. Um, yeah. We've only beat teams around about us, but Elgin, Stranraer, um, who else? Clyde. Who thankfully are absolutely woeful Wash. still. Yeah, wow. but I mean, I think the thing for me is I think Clyde will get better because you don't hire Ian McCall and don't give him money to spend. So there's no. no way that we're getting to January. I think you might find teams like Clyde Hoover up, um, players that are leaving Edinburgh City. Um, don't get me wrong, mm. we've seen a few of them go to uh, some more league players, but I mean, Elgin City are fucked by all accounts. So um, I think that... I don't think Clyde will finish bottom. I think Elgin's managerial appointment spoke volumes for me. Yeah. They took the manager from Huntley, Huntley, um, and I think that they've hired somebody that knows that league in advance for them going down. And I mean, how many times last season did I call Elgin 10 diddies and Kane Hester? They're now just yeah. 11 diddies. Um, and, and that was so, so apparent. Don't get me wrong, we were very good last week, um, and we could have had more. I mean, the third goal was, you know, chef's kiss. Um, and you know, Brogan Walls was phenomenal last week. Um, Nathan Austin is just getting better by the week. By the week, yeah, honestly. that it's, is great to see. It it's starting. To, it's not quite at the old fash, but it's starting to yeah, to get you can there. Just see, like that you know. And to be fair to the management team, they said that it would probably take him, you know, a long time to to get motoring in the way that we wanted him to be. Um, but you know, even even yesterday, got his goal yesterday as well, and. It was just, it was men against boys last week. Um, Elgin, and I'm going to paraphrase my Baldy compadre, a wash. I mean, Doug, you were you were at that game against yep. Elgin. I'm, I'm being a bit facetious about we can only beat Pish, but like factually, we are just beating the teams that's below us or round about us. And to make any kind of move up the table, we've got to start winning against the other teams. But as long as we keep beating these teams, we're not looking over our shoulder as much at, oh, there's a trap door there. Yeah, I think we... I, I kind of feel we're stuck a wee bit now in this sort of, are we are we going to try and push up or are we 
going to just sit above, you know, above the rest. Uh, I, I'll echo what Lee, I thought Elgin were uh, maybe the worst team I've, I've almost tried like the worst league team performance I've ever seen at Eastfight. I thought they were. It was that Stranraer one last year yeah, when they yeah, got right. absolutely destroyed. You're right, because they chucked it as well. Yeah. I just thought they were woeful. Like it wasn't. I thought second half we were very, very good in at the wind. I thought first half at times we just. We struggled a wee bit downwind. There was a few sort of aimless balls of the top. And when the pitch is so wet, it just flies out for a goal kick. And it's hard. It's all. Because I guess even against Dennis Muir, the fact that into the wind were much better. It is easier to play into the wind, I think, because you can you can play balls over the top and they hold up as opposed mm. to... Anyway, second half, yeah, we were brilliant. I thought we were very good. They they basically early doors. I think it was Lindsay Hamilton noticed that he kept saying Fleming to ping the high ball to Shavoni, who won every header conceivable. Um, and then we just, yeah, we just grew into it and we're very, very good, to be fair, very good. And that gave us a four-point cushion over Elgin and double the points of Clyde now as well. So, I mean, it was something to build on. But I think that, like, the reality of it is, yeah, you're expecting to win those games. And if, if we're not winning those games, we're in trouble. The real test is something like yesterday's game at Steny. And... I know I've been here before and I don't want to say oh we've turned a corner and we're starting to move in the right direction but that second half performance not the first but the second half performance yesterday Lee yeah we went toe to toe with Steny and I think you're coming away from that game feeling I should have got at least a point yeah, I apologise for people listening to the highlights or that bought the stream that had to listen to me on my own rambling for ninety minutes. I mean, oh, I just I just watched the steady highlights. If I don't, it was yeah. you and these five hundred. I watched those. Yeah, so I, 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 I thought it was quite good. I, I couldn't make the steady game, but the, I watched the highlights, and I think your commentary is good. It's tough doing a game on your own, isn't it? Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, fuck. It's like I've got to do all the college ones here on my own this year, and it's like if the if there's not a lot happening. You're like, I've got to just keep talking. <laughs> no, Liam uh, asked me to do it, obviously, the passing of John. Uh, me wanted to, to be with the directors yesterday, which was absolutely fair, so I'm yeah. happy to help. Um, but it was almost a bit like, he was like, Pat's going to help you. I'm like, great, commentate with Pat is brilliant because you've got the professional's point of view as well, and he just reads the game so well. Um, and then I got there and said, like, oh, by the way, Pat's not coming. I'm like, excellent. Um, <laughs> but no, no, it was, um, you know... To throw a, a Gale cliche in there, um, it was a game of two halves. We were mm. terrible in the first half. Um, I don't even think we were as good as shite in the first half, to be honest. And look, if, if we look at the two goals that they got, can we be slightly aggrieved that we didn't get the two fills and the build up to it? Maybe. But the defending for the first one was criminal. Just sticking their leg out. I mean, that it yeah, could have gone anywhere. It, yeah, but it just fell nicely to was o- it O'Reilly. O'Reilly. Uh, O'Reilly. He absolutely roasted Sean Docherty yesterday, and I mean, Docherty will be tossing and turning in his bed, thinking that O'Reilly's going to come round the corner and, and dribble past him again. <laughs> I mean, for for me, if I was Greg yesterday, I'd been saying to Docherty, get touch tight to him because every time he's got space, he's, he's getting past him. Um, I do want to come back to the Elgin game though because I don't want to just talk about the negatives of yesterday because we did play so many and score so many good goals last week but 
you know, the, the second half yesterday, I thought we were arguably the best 45 minutes of football I've seen us play this, this season, and particularly against a team in the, the upper side of the table. I mean, Stenny are, are top of the league, but I mean, the two things were the change in the game yesterday, and that was Healy and Troutman coming on. Um, I, I felt like Shiv was lost um, yesterday. We were pumping balls to him. He wasn't winning any headers against Jameson or uh, Kinley Benham. Um, we brought on Trout and, and it, you just instantly seen the quality. It was it was instant. Um, we were going, we were more aggressive. He was going more direct. He was just some of the cute passes and stuff he was playing. I, I know I sound like a, an Alan Trout fanboy most weeks. I just think he's an exceptional football player. Mm. And he because that was the, the only game. change yesterday, wasn't it? Him dropping no. to the bench. No, because the previous week um, he was suspended. Oh. So, I, I, and also, as a quick caveat, I, I thought Keenan Miller against Elgin was unreal. Unreal, yeah. It was, it was probably the best performance I've seen from him for years in these five shirt, to be fair. Yeah. And again, I agree with that. There were so many players had good games last week. We'll come back to the three mm. two ones for that at some point, I'm sure. But I think, um, yeah, as as a whole, um, Trout and coming and changed the game yesterday. And and it's, it's kind of catch-22 for Greg. Because he, he will want Alan Troughton to, to start every week because he knows what he brings, but he could not change that team from the week before. Mm. So it was probably a, you know, which one did I do? And he went with the team that got him the win the week before. But the, the, the first which is half, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first half we got Mullard. Um, and fair play, it was good to see a, a quick change after halftime with Healy coming on. Um, and then, obviously, um, Troughton came on for... Um, Kieran Miller actually. I mean, our three midfielders were on yellow cards at that point, and you couldn't have them all on one, right? So, um, I had to make a few changes, but much more like at the second half. And you know, a player that I've been critical of in the past um, is is Jack Healy, and I think people all know that if they, they listen to the show. But he, he did so well yesterday for the the build up for the goal. Um, he takes the ball down the left hand side. I'm expecting him to cut in and shoot. Everybody in the stadium is expecting them to cut in and shoot because that's what he's done all season. He plays a cute pass in and then he takes it um, to Conor McManus who puts again another very cute chip ball and Austin headers it in. Healy hits the post with a free kick. And he just yeah. what I liked about Jack yesterday is, is he didn't just look like he was going to cut in every time. He was making the defender choose between is he going to cut in or is he going to uh, go down the line. And when you're given the... the uh, the, the, the defenders those decisions to make that's when you'll get more success because if you cut in every time they're going to know what you do every time you, you take a different option you'll get more success so for as much as we've maybe been critical of, of Jack this season particularly with, with no goals etc it's, it's important to be complimentary in, in the things that he does well and I, I thought that that was excellent yesterday I think I think it's I think it's good to see because it's the first time in his short career with us that really he's out of favour, um, yeah. you know, hasn't been playing well. And I guess really last season he was fairly undroppable. I mean, he was, you know, especially a guy you're expecting the unexpected almost. But because I, I thought his body language as a sub against Elgin was poor when he was like going to warm up and even at half time, it just almost, almost huffy, um, which I thought was a bit. So I'm, I'm pleased to hear that he was uh he was good because the bottom line is, when he's on, he's a huge asset for us. Yeah. The there was also the disallowed goal 
in the second half, which I've watched it a couple of times, and I don't think it was going in if Fash hadn't stuck his leg out. I think it would, at best it would maybe have come off the post, but it's just you look at that, you look at hitting the post. I know Stenny also hit the post in the second half as well, but it definitely it it was a a reaction that you want from a team that's gone in two down at half time. Yeah, and don't forget that um, Jameson made an amazing save from Conor mm. McManus. Yeah, I was going to come to that. Because well. so I saw some folks like, saying, oh, McManus hit it straight at the keeper. It's like, he did so well to even get the shot off. It's like, he's in Scottish yeah. League 2. You're not like watching some Premier team where the guy can just do a kick into the yeah. top corner. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't think that um, Shepard was offside. Um, Fash was offside. He checks his run back. I don't know. It's he hard to me. tell from that angle. It, it from looked, the angle I was at. It looked very it tight, looked, yeah. Yeah, I, I, even some of the Stenhouse Muir fans on the way out that I was speaking to were like, he was on by the way, and I was like, yeah, I know. Because uh, also Fash is a very, like he's got a good football IQ. So he's not yeah. going to stick his leg out if he's think, oh, I'm offside here, I'm going to fuck this up. Yeah. Um, yeah, without, I mean, without the, for me, he was on. It, it, it's those like fine lines. It, it's like even with a McManus chance, great save. That rebound, it could have fallen anywhere, and it just took a bounce. It took it away, the and then it's yeah. cleared. Yeah. That, to be honest, that has been the, the story of our season so many times. It's like the ball just will not fall for us, but them's the breaks when you're in the the position that we are in the league. You know what I mean? And sometimes I was lamenting the, the lack of that sort of out-and-out out striker in the team. But when you've got players like Nathan Austin in your team, you expect them to, to be in those positions. And, I mean, he's shown that already this season. I mean, some of the um, the passing that we get up to, to to Fash at times is woeful. And you see him going off his nut. So for him to score the goals that he's scored this season, I think is amazing. But imagine what he'd do with some better service. Yeah. Um, so, fingers crossed that I, I that, that think- happens. I think for me, obviously, really good to see a reaction because obviously, yeah. you know, the first half it wasn't good enough and just such a bad start, you know. To, and I know three you minutes know. and you're one down. Yeah, but you touched earlier, but it was that age old Doherty where he just, you know, the pass went inside and he followed the ball instead of the man and just too just too easy. And that, that's my that's my slight worry is we're, we're quite culpable of shipping. Nine crappy goals and and you can't go to the league leaders who've lost one and concede two and think you're going to get anything from it you know we did it at Spartans away where we came from two down but again I mean I've said it all season it's that lack of pace in the middle I think when when you've got any speed up against us I just I just think it's trouble and that like even that first goal where Easton it's that where he feels like he has to try and go in and win that first ball because if he gets turned he's not quick enough to get back and I didn't. I didn't think that was a fill. I thought the one in Shepherd. I think he made a lot of it for the second uh, lead up to the second goal, but it did look like a shove. But yeah, that's my slight concern. Is that we're not just that lack of pace at the back is a worry. I think if you look at our back line as a whole, it's quite shaky. Hmm. Um, you know, we've got Murdoch and Newton who both aren't left backs. You've got Doherty. Um, who's it's his first season in league, like or senior football, if you, if you will. Um, you've got Pagey, who 
is good when he's got somebody quick alongside him. You've got Brian Easton, who's been an incredible professional, but needs somebody along quick side him. Comerford, I think I've seen him have one, maybe two decent games or good games. Um, I just feel like we're missing a... I'm trying to like reference a player that's not smarty or tweedy, but we're we're missing somebody or even a Greg McDonald, you yeah. know, some somebody yeah. of that nature that we just because one thing I will say about Easton and Page is they talk constantly. And that's great. The, the communication at the back is exemplary. But we're missing that if the ball goes over the top. Somebody will not not to sweep it, but there's got the pace to match. Because if you, you come up against somebody that's quick, it's game over, like Doug's saying. So we, we need somebody that, that's going to be that can read the game and is quick enough to to cut those things out. But I think that's your your it's it's the glaring weak link. Like I think the reason we were title favourites for whatever reason, which I still think was maybe a bit over the top, but still is. I think in Fleming, even at his age, he's got to be pretty close to being the best keeper in the league. Best like shot stopper, no doubt. Yeah, but he's he's just got better the older he gets. Mm. How good is he going to be when he's 57? Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Midfield, we've talked about, is is certainly good. I mean, I wouldn't say it's amazing, but it's pretty good. You know, we've got a good striker. Just It's that. It's it's quite glaring. Dockery's, I think, overall has been a success. As a defender, but yeah, it's a. He's quite naive at times. He's quite naive. Like you see him sometimes, he dives in. And anybody, like I think it was Cammy Russell against Spartans, roasted him. Um, Dishington at Spartans roasted him a couple of times. Then you've got um, O'Reilly yesterday. And I think when he's coming up against solid pros in this league or a really strong player, you know, that's, that's where you see him potentially a bit exposed, but that's where, like, if he's pushing up, because he is getting better going forward as well, by the way, and he's quick and he's strong in the tackle, but I think, he, and, and to be fair, a lot of times as well, if he does get dispossessed, he does recover well generally, but we need somebody on the right side of those centre-back pairing that's going to be able to bail him out, and I don't think that Page has got the legs to, to bail him out. What I was going to ask then is, what what do we need? Do we need to bring in that player, the younger guy, to displace Page or Easton? Or do we need to bring someone in, maybe go to like a three at the back with wing backs? Since we're not playing with proper left back anyway. Or is that too much of a risk? I, 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 think, I, I, think, it's, I think it's to replace one of them. Or at least have the ability to rotate. I, mm. I just... For me, I don't think we can have those two as our starting centre match. I don't think we'll go anywhere with that, and not in a, yeah, not in a bad way. I think it's it's the, a very obvious issue in the team for me. Because the other thing I was going to mention about that is, so we're fifteen games in to the season, so it's still a long way to go. There's twenty one games. You've got sixty three points up up for grabs, but we're ten points off the playoff places. So we need to start stringing results together. We need to climb up the table. We've seen in recent seasons, if you put results together, you're going to do that fairly quickly. January's huge for not just us, but other teams. We've talked Clyde's probably going to look at bringing guys in. 
and then maybe make a bit of a run. Can we add or can we think, well, we're maybe not going to get top four. This is a chance to maybe experiment with a couple of things. Give some of the younger guys more minutes. Maybe change a formation, go with a three at the back or go with wing backs. Try a few different things there. Uh, I think while the playoffs is still within reach and people will be going, how can you say that? But, you know, math- mathematically... It's I mean, still- it is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we came we, back... We, we a, go a on a, a steady, like, run. And it's like, I, I know... Look what we did leaders, last year but... after Christmas. Well, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. I think, if I'm being brutally honest, there's a few things about the squad that concerns me. We've talked about the defence, so I'll not talk about that. I still think that in the middle of the park, we lack someone with legs because Troughton is not fast Miller's not that fast McManus isn't that fast we lack a box to box midfielder um, would be my honest opinion what absolutely terrifies me is Fash getting injured Fash oh, gets yeah. injured and that is a fucking nightmare there's there's no other way to well, yeah because who, who steps know. up I there don't isn't think anyone, anybody in the squad. I mean, that I mean it would, yeah, no, no, absolutely nobody would replace him. The obvious thing it would be um, Shepherd, but look, we all know, although we love Scott Shepherd, and, and we do, he's not, yeah. he's not going to score you the goals. He's not an out-and-out striker. Uh, no, nah, I, I think that that's problem. I, I, I've got a problem uh, to do with these five. No, no, I've got lots of problems. <laughs> 99 problems, 99 problems, but my B-hatch ain't one. Um, yeah. I'm going to try and do this lightly. Ryan Schiavone. I don't think he's good enough. And and I think, I think the amount of times you're seeing him, because he's quick and he's tall and he's quite powerful, and he, as I say, he generally can win a lot up in there. His final product is really poor. Like, the amount of crosses... He's like putting out the park, and it's—I don't know. I just don't know. Like I say, the Elgin—he was a catalyst for the, the way they played because that was the definite tactic of using his height against a small fullback. But I just—I don't know. I just don't know what he massively brings. So, if we're looking at what we would think is the the core starting eleven now, how many changes, Lee, do you feel that needs for us to make a push in the? After the the new year, a very good question. It's a I mean, tough one seen, as well because yeah, you, you obviously yeah you have loyalty to the guys, and it's like sometimes you're like, well, you can't really drop him. He's been with us for so long, and he does this, he can do that. Yeah, I think that we definitely need probably a centre half. I still think we need an out-and-out left-back because I think if we bring an out-and-out left-back in, Liam Newton could potentially be the box-to-box midfielder because mm. he's got that engine. Yep. So you've got that option. Um, I think that we still need somebody that can support Fash with some goals. Now, whether that be off a wing, because, I mean, Healy's not scoring many goals. Don't get me wrong, Shepard's scored a few as well, but I, I still think that the team... I can't believe we're saying this after 
um, 4-0 win the, the previous week but you know I, I do wonder if, if if anything happened to Fash where the goals would come from and, yeah. and also I think it's always healthy to have somebody clipping at the heels of your striker desperate yeah. to take their place so if we can bring Fash off if he does need rested that we've got somebody hot on their heels that Fash is like I really don't want to miss next week because if he scores a hat trick then I'm out the team you know I think that there's that we definitely need somebody like that now I really did think that that was going to be Kieran Mitchell um, now he's not had an awful lot of game times, Mitchell. Um, I did see him when we played Gwynethis, and you know Gwynethis are a, a good side um, by any stretch of the imagination. But he didn't, he didn't take his chance there to put the himself in a in a positive light to to push Fash all the way. I think Rafe Rovers will recall him in January because he's not had a sniff at us. Mm. Um, so I think that, yeah, we, we definitely need to improve the forward line in terms of competition for places, a left-back, a centre-back, and a box-to-box midfielder. But I think we've, we'll have Mikey Cunningham, I think his loan at Cownbeath ends in January. Are we likely to renew his contract? I wouldn't imagine so. Um, so that's a wage. You've then got um, Ross Philp, who left. Um, he was obviously at us, but then he's gone to is it the Swifts or something like that, I think. Um, so that's a, a wage. Um, so hopefully, you know, Greg's been on the blower to a few players um, to, to try and improve the, the squad in January. I'm sure he will have been. Um, but we definitely, if we've got any aspirations of the playoff, Mike, then we need to, we need to strengthen in January. My my worry is like who's available, like who's going to be available. Because I don't think we've got money that we can go and pay a, a fee for somebody. So no, we don't. You're you're relying on either someone taking a step up from Lowland League, maybe even someone dropping down from Highland League if they stay closest to us, or some cast-offs from that. Or we're looking at loan deals, fringe guys that's maybe with yeah. a Championship team or a Premier team. Which I know is not the ideal situation, but right now you'll just take anyone that's going. You've got to remember, Mike, like this this is the same situation for every club in Scottish football, right? Mm. So if you think starting at the top or near the top of the SPFL, you've got Rangers, Bale's gone, Mike uh, Clement's going to come in. He's going to want to to bring his players in. Dick Campbell's left eye broth. Their new manager's going to want to bring their players in. Duncan Ferguson's come in and Vaness, he's going to want to bring his players in and all yeah. that causes a ripple or a domino effect. Yeah, it all trickles down it, but and, we'd have and, to wait a hell of a long time for it to, to trickle down to us potentially. Again, just this is completely hypothetical so don't yeah. anybody read into what I'm saying but you know, say there's somebody at Arbroath that isn't he getting a kick. Right? Joe Baldi, he went on loan and he's on loan at East Kilbride or something like that. Um, you know, not sure he'll be able to drive to us. No, I don't think he will be able to. That's a very valid point. But you've got to think that you've got maybe a player like Baldy, or you've got a player something somebody's on the periphery, a team in the championship, and they go, right, do you want to go in and play? Off you go, and um, getting a chance to play East Fife because we don't think that you're going to be cut out for this level. I've got managed to get a player signed for Rangers, and um, that's going to come in between now and the end of the season. You're going to be surplus to requirements here, and that and that's. Yeah, that's but then happens. we're battling it. It could be, say, Spartans are like, well, we'd like this guy too. And it's like, well, do you want to go to Spartans who's fighting for a playoff spot? Or do you want to go to East Fife who's like languishing just now? 
Yeah, and look, that's that's always going to be the case, right? Our, we're not the most attractive offer, and that's where it's down to Greg to sell the club or to sell the opportunities. Um, so, you know, we're never going to be the most attractive option, um, even in the in the summer. You know, unfortunately, our lack of financial muscle is going to hinder us mm. until such a time that financial muscle is not an issue for us. Um, so, you know, we're competing against teams that are. You know, financially out of our league. Um, well, well, I mean, look at you and me. We're not the most attractive option. We've both been married for a number of years now. That's it, exactly. Or married, settled for us. Who knows? Um, I think Caitlin settled. Yeah, <laughs> she definitely settled. Um, <laughs> but you've got yeah. That that's the thing. We just need to have to trust in the management team that that they're going to be looking to strengthen the squad in, in January. And I think that will be. I, I don't think that they're naive enough to mm. not be so. Doug, how many pieces do you feel we need to bring in to to maybe make a, a push for this? Um, I think well, he's saying spot. I, I think we say the same thing every transfer window. Yeah, I always use that in better come as a lower level because you always seem a bit of sign people outside it, <laughs> loans, you know, loans and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think whatever we can get, really, you know, as long as it's going to improve it. I mean, it's it's very difficult. We're of quite a low option, I think, especially now with a lot, there's a lot of teams in the loan league that are going to be paying way more money, so it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, as many as we can get, really. But I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't hold out too much uh, hope for big changes. Just look at Edinburgh City, right? They've they're going yeah. to the wall by the sounds of things. Um, Danny Galbraith, he's going to Brecon. Um, I can't remember who it is that one of the other decent Edinburgh City players has gone to East Kilbride because everybody signs for East Kilbride get a chance at a black rooster black card and off they go. Um, so you know we're not going to compete against these teams. You know, breaking. I've got serious financial muscle. You've got yeah, East Kilbride with serious financial muscle. Obviously, the Darvals of the world are not so much now, but you've got like Johnson Borough and and teams like that. And if they stay through the West. But to be fair, the big shock for me this week, I don't know if any of you guys have seen it, Chris Johnson signed for Stranra. Aye. What a signing that is, by the way. Uh, that's an unbelievable signing. Um, so you've got to say, like, you know, teams around us are already sniffing about. Um, we, we need to get our fingers out fast. You know, could we get anybody from Edinburgh? Um, that Because, I mean, I think they've paid off seven or eight players. Don't say it, Doug. Um, but yeah, well, I'm sure we'll get um, hopefully somebody for there. Robbie Leach was mooted to come to us in the summer. He's he the sort of player that we could add to the team? I, I think I think the the positive of that is obviously training where we do with guys yeah. like yep. that. So maybe there's maybe there's that option. I mean, the the hope that our players of a certain age might prefer to come to us to stay in league football as opposed to going to you know your breakings of the world because. Let's face it, you don't get much exposure about the Highland League and Lowland League you seem to get, but the Highland League you don't at all. I mean, I've no idea the state of play unless you actually looked up. Whereas, so hopefully it's people that have got that drive that they want to stay in league football and, you know, progress yeah, again. But. The only Highland team I ever hear talked about are Brecon. And like I listen to Off the Ball every week and they regularly mention Brecon on, on there. And obviously when Levine was there... It, it got them a higher profile. 
I, I think they will, like for a lot of the older guys, that is a good point, Doug, because they will still have in their mind, oh, I want, I don't want to drop to non-league, I want to be a, a league footballer. Yeah, I, maybe it's an ego, maybe it's an ego thing as well. Because, well, I mean, I, I would still, I would still think that if someone went up to you and, oh, you play football, who do you play for? And you said, Darvel, or you said he's fight, you know, there, there would be yeah. like a little bit of uh, of standing if you said an actual team that people might have heard of. But you'd, you'd hope so. Um, do you want to do three two ones, Lee, for the last couple of games? Yeah, go for it. Um, I would say for the Elgin game, um, a point for Shivoni. Um, you know, even on the back of what Doug said, I thought he was he was very decent um, last week. Um, two points for Fash and three points for Brogan Moss. Doug, do you want to chip in? Yeah, I went to one point four. Uh, Fash, I thought. I actually thought defensively he was very good. To, the amount of tracking back he did was uh, was really good. Uh, two was Kieran Miller for me. I thought he was excellent. Really, really good. Just so much energy in the middle. Broke up so much play and passing was actually good for a wee change. Um, and three balls was it obviously was very good, but there was quite no there was there was definite honourable mentions all over the pitch. To be fair, again, yeah. the slight caveat of being how poor Elgin were. Um, I I won't do three two one for Stenny because I wasn't there. Yeah, but oh, Lee watched the highlights too, so <laughs> it's all up to you. Yeah, uh, point for Alan Fleming, um, who I thought mm. made uh, a couple of saves when when called upon. Um, two points. I've I'm going to give to Troughton because I thought he, he changed the game when he came on, and we were a better side with, with him in the pitch. And again, three points to to Fash. I think that he he, he just he, he was so unlucky not to to add more to his his goal tally. That's fair enough. Last little bit about this and then we'll kind of finish with a, a look at the, the Euro draw for Scotland because we haven't had a chance to talk about that on the show yet. So Stenny right now, they've got a five point lead over Peterhead in second. Peterhead do have a game in hand. Dumbarton then three points further back also with a, a game in hand. So Stenhouse Muir's just lost one game all season and that was at now their 12th game unbeaten and their 7th win in a row according to the commentators on Warriors TV, so I'm going with what they said. Are they as good as that makes them out to be, or is it just the rest of the division is just not anywhere near them right now? I think they're I think they've built a very, very solid team. Like there's no I wouldn't say there's huge weaknesses, two towering centre halves that have been a thorn in our side for years, I think, especially Buchanan. Uh, wherever he's been, even like Weatherburn, midfield wise, they're good. They've got pace on the wings. I think Aitken, albeit it's maybe not the greatest, but he's, you know, he'll put himself about a bit. Just, just solid. I mean, yeah, I don't think they're spectacular, but they're certainly, uh, yeah, just a good team, I guess. I mean, I think one thing I would say is Naismith recruited very well, um, but he's also 
got players that he's inherited that are good. I think Jamieson at the back for them is one of the best defenders in the league. Alongside Buchanan is unreal. Matty Yates, unreal. Um, Boy O'Reilly yesterday was great. Nat Weatherburn is an absolute monster. Like any team he's played for, he's just so strong um, and so so physical that it's, it's difficult for anybody to play around him. And then I think that, yeah, for, for me, the two best sides that I've seen this season are Peterhead and Steny, and it's clear to see where they're top of the season. Best football inside I've seen are probably Spartans, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the two most effective teams are the two teams at the top of the league, and we're miles off them. Um, I, I, I get yesterday that um, we, we matched them in the second half, but, but you know, player for player, they're, they're a better side than us. Um and in Peterhead, you know, we've played them twice um, and they've beaten us twice. We've played uh, Steny twice and they've beaten us twice. So, you know, you could lament, you know, lack of decisions or anything else like that. Facts don't lie. That's that's the, the way it is. So. Yeah. I mean, when you look at us, like sitting in seventh, 21 points off top in a season where we came into this season, rightly or wrongly, as Doug said, as the favourites. That's quite damning, as has been 10 points off the playoff spots. I'm confident, and folk can pull this up if this goes really tits up. We don't have to look over our shoulder too much. We're eight points above Clyde. We've got three teams below us. I don't think we have to fret too much about finishing bottom. I know a lot could still change, but I think it's now a case of can we push on? The worst thing for us is if we just plod along and we just keep beating those below us and we can't pick up any other points because the numbers all start to dip at games, the interest will start to wane, makes your job difficult, Lee, on a commercial side as well. We've we've got to try and make a bit of a push for this. And on the last show, we spoke about how important these kind of games are that, that were coming up. And you look at what is now coming up, so this Friday, Bonnie Rig at home, you've got to feel that's a, a winnable game, followed by four for away who are really struggling just now. If we can finish with six points out of six to end 23, it sets us up nicely and a little bit more optimistic. And I'm feeling a bit more optimistic about the team than maybe on the last show, but let's just hope they can deliver now on the pitch. I think... I mean, I think the the good news is beat Bonnerig on Friday and we're fifth, which is good. I, I still think, for me, the jury's got to be still be out because we can't just beat a pretty pish Elgin team and suddenly we've gone from saying maybe change needs to be made to, oh, everything's fine. Um, yeah. The, the real danger is exactly what you're saying. That sort of fifth, sixth, but neither going to get relegated or going to get playoffs would be a... I think a disaster position going. I mean, the crowd was in the three hundreds against Elgin, albeit a pretty crappy day. Uh, it it's where it gets. Uh, if you're not a season ticket holder, it's where it becomes a thing oh. of do I go? I mean, yeah, I, sure. I, I, I left with two minutes to go in the Elgin game because I was freezing and I, I wasn't bored because we played really well. But I, I just I don't know. I, I still feel a bit scunnered about about everything, and I think. I think a lot of people do, so that's a, that's a worry for me because if the crowds start going down, it's it's a big problem. So Friday's good. We normally do well on Friday night games. Hopefully we can get a wee 
bump in attendance would be good um, as a wee Friday night pre-Christmas go. But as I say, obviously win that and we're up to... I, again, I think if we lose that, questions have to be asked. We, we can't keep picking up the occasional 4-0 win against rubbish and just keep losing to everyone else. No, I mean, lo- lose that and lose against Forfar, and it's like questions definitely have to get well, asked. I, I, look, I, I don't think we'll. I think there's no way we'll go down. No, but, but we can't. But you, we can, you have to see we, some progress. Correct. Yeah. But for me, Bonnie Rigger, shite. Um, they're not a football side at all. They use their horrific pitch to <laughs> their advantage. Yeah. Um, we have to win on Friday. That's black and white, matter of fact. We have to win on Friday. Um, and then the four, four for away, four for on a good side. No. Um, so we've got to fancy our chances there. And, you know, I'm sure that Greg will be sitting, if he's listening to this podcast, probably smashing his face off his desk. But, you know, but those are, are such winnable games. And it's up to Greg and the team now. And I think the thing to say is, is the second half performance te- uh, of the team yesterday shows, and the game against Elgin shows they're playing for him still, mm-hmm. right? They're yeah, he hasn't lost. Him. He hasn't lost the dressing room, which was no. one of the questions we posed. And yeah, because I mean, yeah. if, if, they showed if, that if, fight yesterday. Yeah, and they showed it um, against Elgin. So you've got to say like he's still got the money side, but I mean, clip that last show, play it in the dressing room or the locker room, as Michael occasionally calls it, play it in there and just be like, this is what the fans are thinking. You know, this is what they're thinking. They think that you're jacking it in. Um, you know, and, and that, I mean, I don't know about you guys, I would fire me up and be like, I'll fucking show them. Yeah. Um, and, and and those next two games are, are, are again, they're, they're winnable games. Um, I mean, bon, Bonnie Rigg, that I mean, I was on commentary that game as well, with the angel of death on commentary this season, but um, they were... They were not a good side, but we were so, so poor. So, so poor against them. Um, but I, I th- I, I'm going to go confident. I think we'll beat them 2 now. I, I can't see us not winning these next two games, which is probably also the kiss of death. And yeah, two, three goals on Friday gets a feel-good factor, then going into that fourth-for game. And I tell you, like we've spoke about Clyde, we're expecting them to make a move. We know that they're washed just now. Four for an Elgin will be looking over yeah. their shoulders because, like, Brecon's lost one game all season. East Kilbride's on a roll. Whoever you would be facing in a playoff game, I don't fancy your chances of staying up. I, I think the, the, the big thing that the teams at the bottom are all lacking is someone that can put the ball in the net. Like, Elgin had nothing up front at all. No real quality. Clyde's, I think Rennie's their best option, who's at best all right. You know, even Stringer, I don't know. You know, but these these teams don't have much up top, and that's why they're struggling. For me, these next two, we've got to get four points minimum. I think what we can't do is, you know, win on win on Friday, and then suddenly it's like a pretty crappy defeat to Forfar. We've got to start yeah. getting some form of some form of consistency. I think we've only done it once this year, where we were unbeaten in six, albeit we'd maybe only won two. But do you know what I mean? It's like you've got to get, you need some consistency. We can't keep occasionally, very occasionally pumping a team and then losing quite comfortably. Or You know, you, you just can't. Otherwise, we're just going to settle for being fifth or sixth or seventh, you know. Yeah. I, something I would be doing if I was the 
the forfer or the Elgin or the, or the Clyde manager just now. Because I've been watching this for the last few weeks because this has been fascinating me. You look at the Lowland League table, the bottom six teams, so from 13th down to 18th, four yeah. of them, Albion, Cowden, Berwick, East Stirling, are sitting in the bottom six places. The other one's Gretna who had gone tits up, but obviously it's a different team. And it's like, you look at that and go, we go down, this is what we face. And do you want to save your team? Because that that should be motivation. That's what I've been saying for the last two years. If you go down, we're done. Brecon's Brecon's lucky that they got to go to the Highland League. Yeah, they had the choice. 100%. I I think, I mean, I've said it all along. Like, when you go into that, I would definitely struggle to go to games. Honestly, I think I would, you know, I would find someone else doing a Saturday because you're done. You've no chance. You've no chance of going back up now. That league. I'd probably become a grind hopper if I was there and just go and see as many fun games, whether yeah. it's lower league or whatever. And yeah, but I mean, but you, that, you look well, at those four teams. I I, I know. That, I'm saying that I probably would. <laughs> but that's my whole. That's my whole point about you. You can't just accept being okay or all right. You have to strive to be good or decent because otherwise you. Eventually, your luck's going to run out, and the yeah. pitch will get the pitch will get replaced with. Yeah, I mean, look at the table. Bonnierig, I agree with Lee. Awful to watch, but you know they're above us in the league. Spartans have come up; they're above us in the league next year. You know, you start suddenly going four shit teams, three shit teams, two shit teams, what, and then and then you're in trouble. And then a partridge so, in a pear tree. But you just can't accept being. No. Or- and also, if Scottish football gets reorganised the way I think many of us would like, I'd, I'd like automatic relegation. I'd like two to go down and then both the champions can come up and stuff like that. Then you don't want to be in the, the bottom division because then you really have to show your worth. But those are discussions we've had. Nothing seems to ever change in that regard. Let's finish the show talking about the national team, though, because we're going to Euro 2024... The draw has been made. Not quite the group of death. I think Spain and Italy have got that one. With Croatia thrown in as well and the dark horses of Albania. They're my North Macedonia for this tournament. Um, but Scotland's got it tough. Opening game against Germany as well. First of all, are either of you guys planning on heading over to it? I've got somebody that's working on getting me a ticket. So if they could get me a ticket at face value, I'm going. If I'm going to have to pay astronomical prices, then no. My uh, my my brother and nephew are going there. Got tickets for the first two games, so they've booked up everything. Nice. I don't think I'll be able to work wise. Um, plus, I'm not, I, I I wouldn't have points for you know to to get tickets anyway. But um, I think I mean if I'm not working, I might go and just be there. Yeah, a lot of folk are saying that, and it, like having Germany makes it tough because obviously the demand's huge. Well, I think the fact and Switzerland, that it, which is close as well, because it's the opening fixture. Yeah, the prices are even more than like a normal, normal one. I, I think. I mean, as a group, I don't think it's that bad because I, there's no. I mean, Germany are not as good as they once were, for sure. No. No. So in terms of in terms of a top seed, they were one of two that I would have taken been yeah. okay with. I think it's maybe 
it's maybe slightly disappointing we've got them first game because of the whole hoopla surrounding, you know, the, the opening game and whatnot. So that's but that can also work against them because then they're feeling the pressure. Okay. And I mean, they haven't had this qualification and there's been all this talk about how bad that's been for them in preparation. This might be the ideal time to get them. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a group. I think it's it's quite eeksy peeksy. So I, I could see I could see everyone taking points off everyone. So um, it might be one of those that the thing is you've just got to get that one win because three points will probably get you through mm-hmm. as a third placer. I mean, Hungary no, I mean, are no mugs these more. days. No, Switzerland's no, not as good as the way. No mugs in international football. So. No, apart from Samri. But yeah, I mean, it, it should be fun. I Years ago, I was on the UEFA media thing. So you could apply to go to tournaments and stuff. But every year you have to keep showing that you write for a big outlet. So I wrote for the MLS website at the time. So it was great. But then when COVID hit, I wasn't writing for them anymore. So then they took me off. So I was like, ah, I'm never going to go over to one of these things anyway. Now I'm like, fuck it. Wish I'd still been writing for somebody I could have got over free. <laughs> Not a guarantee you get into any of the games, but you get at least to be in and about it. We'll try and get you. We can say that this is a big outlet for you, Lee. We'll try and get you in. Yeah. And then I'd still have more chance of being there than Ryan Gold. Oh. He might not be in Vancouver come the end of next year. His contract's expired and we haven't opened extension talks yet. Is he going to go to Columbus Crew? MLS Cup champs, maybe. Are they? Yeah. I they, 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 they just, they just won. They just won the MLS Cup. They beat LAFC. Genuinely Their head coach that. is called Wilfried Nancy, so I like to refer to them as the Nancy boys. Nice. Yeah, now nah, they're going to play the Carlsonville Cougars, and he's going to be their MVP for next season. He's thinking about maybe coming back to Europe. He's open to options. He loves it here, but. Yeah, he he likes ex, he likes just experience. To see, just to try and see if he's actually any good again, or yeah. whether it's just because he's playing over there. Well, we're we're waiting. Like, fixture list comes out this week, so we're all waiting to see if Messi's coming to Vancouver this year. I'll be over yeah. for that game. Canada's got Argent. Well, if Canada get through, they've got Argentina and the Copa America. So I'm tempted to go down to Atlanta to watch that. It might be quite fun. No, it'll be good. Anyway, before we wrap things up, because I know folk don't want to hear me talk about MLS, anything else caught your eye this week? Any funny things? Any final thoughts from you guys? I'm not sure if we'll do a show next week, so this might be our Christmas show. I've got uh, I've got a couple. Um, the Derek Adams rant. De- sorry. Is it, uh, yes, Derek Adams, Ross County. Oh, I don't you know if I know about this. No. Uh, after, the Dun- after the Dundee game on Saturday, he basically, in his post-match interview, just said Scottish football is absolutely shite. <laughs> he said he, he was literally like, uh, the standard on show was absolutely pathetic. And this is why everyone thinks Scottish football is rubbish, because it is. And he was he just went in this massive rant about it, which is bizarre. Because like, I think he was almost trying to make out that Morecambe, where he was at previously, were better than, or all, you know, technically better and Aren't they Northern League? No, they're like League Two, but quite near the bottom. But like very, very strange, very strange run to go on. Um, 
my, my, my other one is just a, a, a plug, a music plug, um, that our latest single is out in January. So we're trying to get people to pre-save the Spotify link. So we'll maybe post a link somewhere. Yeah, I can. saw that on your face. So does that help? Yeah, because it, it, it means that basically for plays and stuff, because it's pre-saved, it goes onto like playlists and stuff like that. Oh, okay, but you I'll can, do that then. But you can... Yeah, so follow, follow things on Facebook. Got got need Facebook. Got got need music Instagram, Spotify, or don't. I don't care. But and know. it's great that you've written a song about the nineteen thirty eight cup final as well. I'm assuming that's what it's about. <laughs> final day. It's definitely not about that. But we'll, uh, yeah. Um, so please do that. That would be a big help. Instead of fucking around with that, go and just write another couple of verses for the podcast title and you would get more streams on that song than you would on any of the other ones. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But then, uh, yeah, well, maybe one day. The, um, uh, the It was quite funny, babe. Uh, the Elgin game, there was two wee random kids behind me who were singing along, which was quite funny. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was going to surprise you with this, not that you're going to really give a fuck anyway, but... What I've started doing last year, because I'm a big fan of John Peel from back in the day, and he had a, his Festive 50 every year. So I started a Festive 15, so it's my top 15 songs of the year. So this is the second year of us doing it, and there's going to be a Got Got Need song in our Festive oh. 15. And I won't tell you where you're finishing, but you <laughs> haven't been played yet, and we've got six songs to go. Oh, there you go. Can I ask which song? Invincible. I thought it would be, yeah. Good. That's very kind. Nice words. The the new one's good, actually. I'm, we're pleased with it. It's, yeah, I think it's going to be... Like, genuinely re really love that. And if I was doing like a festive 50, you'd probably have had, or even a festive 20, you might have had two songs in it. Well, thank the you. The times of yesterday, days of yesterday. Times of yesterday, yeah. Very interesting. Heard more than fifteen songs a season. Me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, uh, you, you really, you really need to start broadening your music horizon. Well, last year's number one was Russian Gothic band Ice Peak. Ah, that's what you're up against. That is exactly. Well, okay, it better be number three or four or at least. You know, they haven't made the top fifteen this year. Oh well, I hope not. Neither's Moscow Death Brigade, which was my other big Russian band that I like. Yeah, but the Mozambique monkeys um, have managed to make it into second place. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I'll tell you one of the the ones that's ahead of you. The Libertines have have beat oh, you. The uh, very randomly the Louis Threw interview with Pete Doherty and is very good. I haven't watched that yet. I love the two yeah. new Libertine songs they've released this year are fantastic. I've not heard them, actually. Oh, they've got a new album coming out in March. Sadly, they'll never be able to play over here because Pete Doherty can't travel and get a visa. Yeah. So I'll never see them again it, it, unless... It, it is worth watching, though. It's very good. He's He's got himself clean now, and they're back to their best. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael, not that any of our listeners are going to care about this, but a long time ago, you asked me to tell you there's bands that I desperately wanted to see. Mm -hmm. There's only one band that have remained from that list, and it was Green Day. And I got tickets for Green Day um, next June. 
Um, Superb. Is that that's at Murrayfield or Hamden? Uh, no, it's at Bella Houston, I think. Oh. Um, but nothing but thieves are supporting them. They're very good as well. So yeah, um, very good. Yeah. yeah. So looking forward to that. That's they're they're like literally one of the, the bands that I've always wanted to see that I'd never seen. Ah. Um, so and also um, managed to blag tickets to transmit next season uh, next year to see mm. Liam Gallagher do. He's definitely maybe set. So oh, um, fantastic! Yeah, I'm hoping he's going to bring that here. Green Day aren't playing in Vancouver. They've not announced it yet, but they are playing in Seattle. I can't book stuff at the moment because I don't know what I'm going to be commentating on. Idols, who I've been wanting to see for ages, are playing here. First time for years, and I can't go and see them because it's the season opening game for the, the local team that I commentate on. Yeah, maybe wash your hair that night instead. Yeah, I don't know. I I just signed a new deal and we're doing new stuff with them. But in, anything else from you or...? No, nothing else for me. Just want to say thank you to all the listeners and um, sponsors um, and wish you a, a very Merry Christmas and hopefully we'll bring you a show between Christmas and New Year. I'll finish. Have you heard what happened, it's probably unlikely, with Welsh Premier Team Pontypridd United? Enlighten me. <laughs> so, they were facing offences for two seasons, this season and last season, for fielding ineligible players. And they have been issued a 141-point deduction. I did see that. 135 of which are suspended, so they've only had six deducted. But if they field another ineligible player between this season and the end of next season, they'll be deducted a further 135 points. Ouch. Ouch. I can't I mean, see that them staying all, up. That, that, I was just going to say, that would almost be certain relegation. Yeah. Unless Clyde were in the division, in which case if have <laughs> got a chance. <laughs> oh, that's uh, Yeah. Anyway, that is it for the show. We won't have one out next weekend, but good luck to East Fife against Bonnie Rig. Have a wonderful Christmas, everyone. Hope you get whatever you want under the tree. And if there's any good football-related gifts that you get, always let us know we love to to chat about that we will be back with another episode soon but until then thanks for all listening as always thanks for your support all year take care and mon the five lord provost warren of glasgow presents the scottish league cup to the side that lasted the course better all conquering east five As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more